Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen Amen indeed. You heard in the intro these words. Let the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments. When we think of a judge, what do we think of? One who is to punish injustices. To deliver a sentence to make sure that justice is served. We even call them in some places in the higher courts, we call them justices for that very reason, that they are to uphold the rule of law. But if you search the scriptures, then you know if we listen to God's judgments concerning the deeds of man, we stand condemned. What judgments are we to rejoice in when the God and Father of us all has shown us and revealed a law that we cannot uphold because of our sin? What judgments are the daughter's And the sons, children of God to rejoice in. We rejoice in the judgments of God because they are of mercy. You know, it sounds like a basic thing to us. Maybe we take it for granted that the gospel is free. It's free to us. This judgment of God proclaiming you, declaring you to be innocent of all guilt and shame and sin. That's free to you. But it came at the cost of the Son of God. When we say the gospel is free, it's not because it didn't cost anything. But we say the gospel is free because it's free to us since God has supplied everything. That's why we hold high the cross of Christ wherever we go. It's why we sing of our hymns that say, Proclaim to every generation the mighty works of God. The judgments of God. And we can rejoice in them Because of Christ. When we say the gospel is free, we remember these words from Isaiah chapter 55. The invitation that goes out to all the nations. Come, come and buy. You who have no money, come and buy. It doesn't make sense. We can't understand that. Because we don't have the merits or the worth to buy what God is offering. Which is why you're not buying it by your merits. But what you have to buy comes from what Christ has given you. You come and you buy and you eat because of the merit of Christ. The invitation 
The call that goes out to all the world doesn't ever stop until Christ returns. And that invitation to come is not based on our social status, how many followers you have on social media. It's not based on any economic status, whether you're poor or rich. It's not based even on your past history. It's not based on any qualifications that you bring. You don't submit a resume to God and say, God, look at what I've done. I'm truly worthy to be your child. There's not even a certain quality in you that God looks for. All of us are deemed condemned sinners. He looked and he saw the sin that was within us. And so he sent the one to redeem us from sin. As I was standing by and sitting by the bedside yesterday of Mary, a woman who was in her 90s, 92 in February, this woman, you all know, she lived independently. She was not one for social gatherings, even if that meant church. And she knew that I didn't agree with that, neither did the Lord. But she still invited me over to sit and to talk, to bless her with the Lord's words and the sacrament. But when it came down to the end of life, when this woman who into her 90s could walk about up and down her stairs, and then she lay in bed, unable to move, her hands needed assistance to sit up, And even struggled in her end to breathe. What did God require of her? What did he require of her for the gospel? It was free. It was freely given to her. Just as it is given to each of us. It doesn't depend on our mental faculties whether we can walk or talk or even move a muscle. As I remember every visit to Dan Davis, who was most of the time asleep when I went. But whether he could respond or not, I still prayed over that man, and I read the word of God to him. I always think to myself, you're not going to cry when you talk about this, but it's sad. As a pastor, when you're by their bedside for all of these years, and then they finally pass into the arms of the Lord. It's sad. Joyful, but sad. Which is why Isaiah, that wonderful prophet, the one whom I named my son after, stands out so strongly to me today. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. I think of my own daughter when I hear these words. 
wondering how much she will be able to communicate in the future, knowing that she's already surpassed many of the things which we heard from doctors. She's amazing. But still, she would never merit or be worthy enough for what God offered if it were up to us to buy it based on our merit. So he made it free. He made it free by the blood of Christ that covers us. And that gospel which is free is not cheap. Like some things you say at a garage sale, you see the bin that's uh, for free. And you look inside of it and you say, nothing in this box is anything that I want. It's your garbage. Throw it away. But this isn't the gospel. The free gospel that our Lord gives lacks nothing. It is rich. It is so rich that even if it wasn't free, none of us could even afford it. It makes everything else in this life look and taste like dirt in comparison. Nothing is so sweet on our ears than to hear that our sins are forgiven and that our conscience is unburdened and free from our past and present mistakes. The gospel proclaimed to us is the most satisfying meal our hearts and souls and bodies could ever feast on. So then why? As Isaiah says, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? People don't realize the truth to that and many times until it's far too late when they are dying. They look back over their life and they saw all the things that they spent their money on. Not one of them was in service to the gospel. And they look at all of the labor of their life and they, even at death's door, cannot say it was worth it. It doesn't satisfy their hearts. You see, the gospel cannot be replaced or supplemented for something else which money or your labor and your time can actually buy. As tempting as this life's riches are to the Christian, it all pales in comparison to that moment when your ears hear those words of absolution. And because you know what the scriptures say, you believe it by faith that God has just assuredly forgiven you your sins as if he said it to you himself. And all the world seems so loud and busy, even chaotic, in comparison to that moment when you hear the gospel of the Lord. And at the end of it, you say, praise be to Christ. And all this world seems so drear in comparison to that moment when the host is lifted up with the chalice And we sing, O Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. It's as if time stands still. And who can find a greater peace on earth and a more serene moment than when we take on our tongue the body and blood of Christ with that bread and wine? To which we can do nothing more than say, Amen. Yes, yes, it is so.
to the Christian, the true Christian. Everything in this world can be lost. Our jobs, our homes, our land, our animals, our children, our spouse. All of it can fade away if yet remained the word and the sacraments, we would still have the strength to survive. We would have the wherewithal in Christ to stand firm with all the saints who have gone before us. Because in these things, the word and the sacraments, we know we have the rich gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's all we need to our very last breath. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. At any time in our life, we may think our faith might be stronger or weaker than another. Or maybe it's come to you this day. I need to take my faith seriously. I need to take this confession before the Lord seriously. And to that the Lord says, I pardon you for all your past iniquities. Because the truth of the matter is, when we show up at the last thinking anything less than what Christ has done for us, If we show up without that wedding garment around us, clothed in the baptismal robes of Christ's righteousness, covered in his blood, it will not end well. You see, no past mistakes which God has given his son to die for, which is all of them, can keep you away from the love of God in Christ. And since the Lord has prepared all things, we can come without fear, without worry that we'll be turned away. We can come to the Lord and trust that he will receive us for the sake of his son. The Lord abundantly pardons. This is not a wishful thinking. This is a fact The Lord will pardon your sin. To the one who thirsts, to the one who is hungry, come, buy, and eat. The Lord has prepared it all for you. Repent of the sins which hold you down. Repent of the things which you have left undone or the things which you have done or said. Repent and come to the Lord. And he will receive you. If you need the proof that this is true, you can look from Genesis to Revelation at all the wickedness that man has ever produced from the sin of Adam until this very day. Nothing new is under the sun. And you can see how the Lord has abundantly pardoned from Adam until now and will continue until the day he returns.
the one who says, I've done too much. The one who says, my faith has never been serious. To the one who says, my life is beyond redemption and my sins are far too great. Only look to Christ and see he has done far greater for you than any sin against him. God will pardon you. He does not operate as our mind works, nor even like our justice system. He is completely and entirely for mercy because he operates in the eternity into grace, the kingdom of grace. For now it is necessary to punish the wicked until he returns, to reward those who do good. But in the church, there is abundant pardon. And the consequences of our sins, while might have to be lived out in this life, are vanished in eternity. For God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so I leave you with this. Though God's thoughts and his ways are far above us, even into the heavens, yet his grace, his undeserved love, has been brought near to us in his Son, Jesus Christ. And from Jesus' wounded side flow the very means of salvation by the forgiveness of sins in the word and the sacrament. Call upon the Lord while he is near. Seek him where he may be found. And to you who have gathered here this day, you have come to the right place. Receive abundantly the pardon of the Lord for all your sins. And rejoice, O daughters of Jerusalem, with the judgments of your Lord. For he has judged you innocent of all your sins. Come, you who have no money, no merit, no worth. Come, buy and eat and rejoice in the love of God. In Jesus' name, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.